1: Welcome to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank with Janet Kunst. It's time to turn up your company's marketing efforts. We'll show you how with a variety of actionable plans that you can start using right now. Get ready. Big results are just ahead. Now, here is your host, Janet
2: Kunst. Hello and welcome to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. I'm Janet Kunst, your host, and I'm so glad that you're joining us. Today, I have a great Guest on, and we are going to be talking about a subject that's near and dear to my heart. Uh, networking isn't just an app; building your offline marketing network, and part of the part of my reason why this is uh, dear to my heart is that. Uh, The pendulum has swung towards online marketing and social media, and people just forget about the fact that you really need to go out and meet people and talk to them in order to get them to know, like, and trust you. And that's uh, a really big part of your marketing efforts and uh, how you're going to grow your business. So today, that's what we're going to talk about, how you can build your network in person. And my guest today is Charlie Woodward with uh, Good Service insurance. You may wonder how insurance has anything to do with um, networking, but Charlie and I have known each other for, oh, almost about seven years, and we actually met while networking, and Charlie is a great networker. So I'm really pleased that he's going to be on here today, and we are going to have a great time. So let me introduce you to Charlie. Charlie, how are you doing hey, today?
3: how's everyone Doing great. Good. Doing great. Love it.
2: Good. So, uh, give me a little bit of your background so that we can get this going.
3: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, kind of a funny joke to start off the show, I would think, is that uh, a lot of people always tell me, like, when did I start networking? Well, the funny joke was, I think my mom told me when I was a little kid. I used to go out on the playground and network with a bunch of friends, and I was always known as Mister Sir. Talks a lot, so I guess that's <laughs> how you kind of get the networking kind of going. But in the uh, year two thousand, I started my own insurance business. Um, with Good Circle Insurance later on down the road, but I started an insurance business and had to grow it traditionally and how to kind of do get it out there. And unfortunately, I'm not very good on the online social media ways. And actually, probably in the year 2000, there really wasn't much online social media. But as my business grew and everything moved forward, this is why I'd hire companies kind of like yours, Janet, Poor One Marketing, in regards to getting the marketing online done very well. But I I was a good face-to-face person, so I went out and did a lot more of this face-to-face network, what they call maybe the old-fashioned way. Uh, An an old friend of mine used to always say, based on if your shoes were worn down enough, you haven't done enough networking, you haven't gone out walking up the (laughs) street too much. So, so yeah, I, I basically started my insurance business on there, started helping with business owners, some of that. And really the main thing, like you always say on there, to like, trust, and know people the insurance industry really focuses a ton on that. I mean, basically, it's not as easy as it used to be back in the day when you want to give an insurance policy to somebody. In order to get like a business owner on board with helping out, like with the benefits that I do, you they got to see a face to face person. They got to like the person. They got to trust them. They got to know, and you got to build that relationship. And I always believe that you want to do that in a networking setting. You never want to go banging on a business owner's door and just bother them in their in their business time. You want to catch them in an environment that they're willing to talk, open up, share some experiences and stuff like that. So, I mean, I've been doing that for easily over 15 years now. And that's obviously how you and I met. I mean, it was kind of funny. We went to a networking group and you and I kind of hit it off on there. Kind of funny, we started seeing you're your, at other networking groups as well it's like we're kind of right. first time i think we met at one spot we're like hey how's it going janet great you know and the next thing you know i think it was like a week later i'm at another network group and there you were and it's like hey familiar face so so right. I, i'm for excited a, to give and, away some some good tips
2: yeah and and for a while there it was almost like you and i were attached at the hip but with some of these networking things wasn't it
3: yeah totally i think i you know I think we have that, that biggest problem in the world, which is we can't say no half the time. So when whenever something right. would be like a you know position that came available, it's like hey, somebody want to do vice president, somebody want to do this. You and I always put our hands up on that. and that's, that's you know really getting involved is what you had to do. So.
2: Right, and that's really the key to these networking event is, I- events is to make sure that you get seen a- and you're recognized at them. And that's how you, again, you build that uh, know, like, and trust factor into all of your relationships. Um, totally. So so, so now uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, good places to n- network. There's a couple of different types of networking events, right? Um, definitely, so we definitely. Have, yeah, so we have... Um, two, two. they can be broken into two basic categories, one that's industry-specific and one that's just a general networking event. So why don't you talk a little bit about the industry-specific category?
3: Sure do. Yeah. So the industry-specific categories, there are great groups out there. There are ones called BNI, it's the Business Network International, uh, another one called Tip. There's even ones called Team and other ones like that. And basically what it means by being industry-specific is that only one category is allowed in the group to avoid competition and also to help out with a easier referral source, they say. So like if you're in those groups, the one person knows like, hey, I work with that one realtor, the realtor's in my group, and they kind of work together, and that's kind of a great way. Most of those meetings, though, are always about sharing what you did during the week and the time frame while you're there and then going over your tip points of who you met with one-on-one and kind of stuff like that. And it's always kind of building that catalog, I like to call it, or that network of friends you have. We used to joke about that back when we always like, hey, I, I got a guy type of a thing, and that's really what right. those do for you. So, yeah, so it's when you're out on the street. I mean, I've used it several times in all the B&Is that I've been a part of as well. My parents or friends need something, and it's always kind of funny when that pops up, like somebody would be like, hey, I'm... You know, I'm thinking about you know going on a trip next week, and you're like, "Hey, well, guess what? I know of a guy that does trip, you know, planning as well. And let me have him give you a call so you can kind of get it going." And like you said, once again, there's your building the trust network. You're able to see those people. Uh, B and I likes to use a philosophy called visibility, profitability. Or well, I'm not messing it up now, but it's visibility. Basically, getting yourself out there to see yourself a lot, and then that in turn gets you your profitability. So obviously, it's trying to get that sort of mindset to show up. So. The tip was another one. They kind of have a fun little thing about it. I guess if you don't if you show up and you don't bring a referral or a visit or something like that, you kinda of, kinda of pay into the kitty basically, which is kind of a funny thing to do. But I mean it it, it once again brings some sort of accountability to somebody that they know that when they're showing up, they're actually showing right. up with proper referrals and stuff like that too. And, right. and you know, those groups really want want you to lock down your category, which is great. They want you to, you know, ease it's kind of one of their selling points to you. It's like kinda of like, hey. Lock out your category. Your competition can't come in here. And it's kind of a great thing and stuff like that. And it kind of builds that relationship. So they do get a little bit pricey sometimes. I mean, there's always the upfront cost. And then I always tell everybody the cost that nobody ever calculates, which is your time. That's got to be huge right. advantage. Right. Most of these groups are, are a weekly meeting. you got to show up. Some of them are during a lunchtime, some of them are morning. So that's a lot of information that they got to kind of you know, tip inside it too. So, I mean, I've been through a lot of them on there. I mean, you know, I can't say one or the other, which one's best for you. That's more for your business, basically. I would always just say, visit those groups, visit more than one, hear the people inside there, see what happens after the meeting kind of ends, see who approaches you, and that will get you your feeling whether or not that's the right fit for your business or not.
2: Right, and, and those groups have a big commitment to them as well. I mean, you're you're looking at you need to make sure that you bring you're bringing in referrals. You're um, thanking people for closed business and all that sort of stuff. So if you're if you're looking for a group, these are really good groups to um, get started in when uh, you know that there's a lot of competition out there and you want to lock in your um, your category. But there is a big commitment to it. And sometimes that commitment can be overwhelming, can't it?
3: Oh, easily, easily. I know when I went in my first one on there, the good thing when I first went on it, and uh, I was going to plug Jenny Narian over at BNI. She did a phenomenal job. My first experience that I went inside there, she actually sat down with me and she just said, hey, I'm just going to be straight with you. Your first three months, you're really not going to get much referrals, you know, because they're going to get to know you. They got to know exactly what you do and kind of figure it all out. In the next three months right. you're going to get the referrals that kind of don't make sense. Like, Hey, this guy thought about insurance. I saw him on the street. He was making complaints, you know, blah, blah, blah. There's that. And then she told me the last three months, that's when I'm going to get the more precise referrals because I had spoken a couple times and things like that. So I was glad right. she gave me that sort of insight tip and that has actually helped out my network on there. So like you always said about that, it's a process. You got to use it. You got to be there for a little bit. A lot of people like to show up and go, you know, this is not working out for me. And they tried after a week or two. And it's like, you know what? You've got to be there more often. they got to see some commitment. So.
2: Right. And, so, and th- so that leads into the next type of uh, networking group, which is the non-category specific. And there you're talking about things like your local chambers, your meetup groups, um, Rotary, some of your local associations, and what you're trying to do. And, and those groups are – for lack of a better term, a free-for-all because everybody and anybody can show up. And in mm-hmm. some ways, those are great groups because um, you can go off of a personality. So if there's like 12 realtors in the group, which I've been in groups like that, it all depends on who you work best with. And that's where the know, like, and trust factor comes in a lot. Um, mm-hmm. But what are what are some of the downfalls of, of the non-category-specific groups do you see? Um, like some of the
3: downfalls I would kind of get over there would be obviously oversaturation. Like for an example, if you're trying to, you know, get with a lot of people on there and know a lot of different businesses, sometimes they have a lot of the same. A friend of mine recently went to one that was like, it was kind of like a kind of elite mixture, they called it. And when he showed up, all he saw was basically financial advisors and real estate professionals. Not bad if that's what you're looking to deal with and that's what you're looking to work with, but he was a writer. And he was like, these people are not looking for, a, you know, a ghostwriter to help them with anything. So it was a little more challenging for him. So you get the over-saturation. You also get a lot of the uh, non-commitment people. So most of the time, these groups don't really have any upfront cost. So they're just going to show up to these groups, and then they're just going to try to sell you on their product the minute that you go in the door, which is kind of a takeoff. Right. So a lot of times, we'll, we'll go over the do's and don'ts here a little bit, but that's kind of one of them on there where somebody kind of shows up, and then they start blabbing their business onto you. And you're just kind of like, hey, I'm here to network. Let's get to know each other first before you're trying to literally just like sell me the product. And they're making it like it's like a car lot. Like you're stepping on the car lot and right off the bat, there goes the car salesman on you right. trying to make the sale. Yeah, and you're just like, well, no, let me at least look at the car first. Let me try it. So there's a lot of those things on there as well. So the over, that, that's another big thing that I can't like on. There's the, the kind of the negative sides of those all. And, and there's so many. So you're trying to attend so many at once too, which is also another tough one.
2: Right, and, and we're we're almost getting ready for a break here. But one of the other things that you and I had talked about that's really good about ne- uh, finding a network is to maybe travel to a different city, right? Because yeah, sometimes yeah, you get you get caught up in the same city, and you're going to all the networking groups, and you're always seeing the same people, right? Totally. So, yeah, I know. Like you
3: know. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, you know, always travel at least 10 minutes away from where your city is you're in the first place. A 10-minute right. distance will always give you the helpful hand, and it's not too far right. for you to travel. not a lot of gas. So.
2: Exactly. So uh, right after the break, we're going to go into our do's and don'ts, and we have some very interesting do's and don'ts. So stay tuned,
0: and we'll see you after the break. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN.
1: Let's face it. Marketing your business is a lot more complicated than it used to be. If you are like many small business owners, you don't have the time to learn how to effectively market your business. At 411 Marketing Solutions, we recognize that when it comes to marketing, one size does not fit all. We take the time to understand your business goals and objectives, then help you put an action plan in place to engage them. 411 Marketing Solutions will help you develop a cost-effective plan that helps you build relationships with customers, where, when, and how they want to communicate. Please visit us online at 411MarketingSolutions.com to find out how we can help you achieve success in your marketing efforts. That's 411MarketingSolutions.com.
0: These possibilities are destined to be discovered by human imagination and through the service of others, creating a brighter future for all of us. The Soul of Enterprise is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Business Channel and simulcast at the same time on the Voice America Variety Channel.
1: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. To reach Janet Kunst or her guest today, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Janet at 411marketingsolutions.com. Now, back to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank.
2: Welcome back to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. Today I'm here with my guest Charlie Woodward with Good Circle Insurance and we're talking about networking and how to build your offline uh, marketing network. And before the break we were talking about some of the better places to uh, network. We were talking about um, category specific groups and we were talking about general groups. And now we're going to go into our list of do's and don'ts for when you're networking. I kind of feel like I'm uh, David Letterman with the top ten do's and don'ts here. You know, <laughs> yeah. you know. Um, exactly. So okay. Exactly. So okay, Charlie. Why don't you start? What's the top? What's the first do that we need to do when we um, go to a networking event?
3: Okay. Well, you know, I, I, I came over some good points to kind of go over some good stuff on here, and uh-huh. I guess when we think about when we go over these do's and don'ts, it's kind of like from our experience, what we've seen, and what we. See, success, with, so is and what we see don't success with. That's what we're going exactly. to kind of go over So, number one, one of the things that I do a lot, obviously, you got to bring a stack of cards. Don't, don't show up to network event without cards. They definitely do not want that. When I first started with the industry, they said, oh, don't bring any cards. That just seems very negative. I'm like, no, no. People need cards. They need something to take away. Also, so that you're grabbing some as well. But make sure when you take the cards out, you take them out one at a time. Nobody likes to see the guy pull out a big stack of cards and start doing the old pass-around trick because that guy seems very a little bit like, you know, we don't know if we want to work with this guy because he's just out there throwing his cards at people, you know. I call that, the you know, the confetti throw. Like, everybody just decides to throw it out there and, you know, grab the cards. Kind of
2: like a a ticker tape parade there.
3: Yeah, exactly. So another thing you need to do, obviously, bring a pen. Um, I, I know that's kind of like... You know, people are like why do bring a pen? But bringing a pen is very knowledgeable on their why, because when you collect the cards that you get, the main thing that I do a lot of networking events, I will write notes down based on the card. So if I grab the card from you, Jen, and I got your 401 marketing card, I would write on the back discussions that we had. So if I talked to you about maybe how to do a marketing thing or something like that, I would write that down on the back of the card. I'd also ask some specific questions about you, maybe personal and non-personal, so that I can kind of build that trust and write that down. Because in a networking event, you're obviously going to meet a ton of people. So when you're meeting a ton of people, you're going to forget half the things you remember what somebody said.
2: So right, definitely exactly.
3: do that. Maybe even put down, like I've even done it someplace, I've even put down what they were wearing sometimes. So when you do a follow-up, you're like, yeah, well, by the way, you were the one wearing that red shirt. That was, I really liked that, you know. So there's another option on there.
2: Well, um, and sometimes you thing- also get in, get into the um, talking about uh, personal things. So you might want to write down something about them personally. So, hey, how was your vacation or how did, how did such and such go type thing, right? Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, definitely. You know, or like how you've always said, I think a lot of times, I mean, this might be one of the questions when we met each other, It's just like, hey, do you go to any other networking events? Have you been here often before? Is it something that you attend regularly? You know, then it kind of feels something, because then you can tell who's the experience, who's not. I know a lot of times when I've gone to an event and I look at somebody like, hey, man, this is my first time at this event. And another guy looks at me and goes, me too. So then it's like, great, we're both newbies here. Let's have some good time. So it's kind of you're building a good rapport of that as well. Um, Another thing that I do also with the cards is I do rate the person that I meet based on what it is. So I will know if this is going to be a great steal or not. So what Mm -hmm. I would basically do is like, you know, after I met somebody and be like, man, this guy really, you know, hit on some good stuff that I'm talking about. I'm going to give him you know, a five, which is my one to five scale. So I'll put a five next to his name. So what I know when I get back to my office the next day and I got those stack of cards, I'm putting all the fives to the top. I'm emailing those people right away I'm going over something like that because you got to be top of mind, for everything forward on there. So you got to do that, especially when you get down to the ones. When you get back to the ones, you're like, you know what? I could fall for this person a couple of days. They really didn't seem interested in what I was talking about. Um, just like how we're probably going to go over some of the funny stereotypes on there. That's one we're right. going to kind of go over, like where, where some of the ones are going to come back as well. So, so that, that's kind of another one, and then obviously, if you are to schedule a meeting with somebody, that's when you want to write that down there as well. Like, hey, you know, I'm meeting is going to be this person on Thursday at two o'clock, or whatever that case may be.
2: Well, and that's really important because networking isn't just a social event; it's about building your business. And the only way that you're going to be able to build your business is to have those one-to-one conversations. And that networking event is not necessarily that uh, the right place for that. So you want to schedule something after that. And you also need to mm-hmm. make sure that you schedule time for both of you to talk about your business and get to know each other rather than just the one-sided um, data dump of your business. Definitely. So,
3: yeah. Yeah, and actually, I, I was going to throw that tidbit that, a little bit. That I, I saw a TED Talk from a guy named Simon Sinek, and he went over the power of why. And I utilize mm-hmm. that a lot when I right. go to networking events. Because at a networking event, the number one question you're going to get asked is, what do you do? And if you can actually stop and do something. So, for example, when I was working with Aflac and doing a lot of their benefits, people would come up to me and go, what do you do? Well, if I just responded with the word insurance agent, they would go, great. Don't really want to talk to an insurance agent today. <laughs> right. But if I turned around and I said, well, you know what? Instead of I tell you what I do, let me tell you why I do what I do. And it's like, you know, I feel that people need to find the best health insurance coverage out there and blah blah. go through a whole nice little spiel off of it and then in the end going. You know what I do is insurance. Is that something that you know you understand or something? And then that's where you you were able to get out all that stuff. And then then decipher you as somebody different. That whole phrase. Because when that first happened to me the first time, when I looked at some guy and I was like, hey, so what do you do? He looked at me. and He goes, you know what? Let me tell you why I do. I, I took a step back and I was like, wow, this is great information. I'm I'm glad he's talking to me about his passions first before he's blabbing his business off to me. And that, to me, put him in that number five category of a guy that I definitely want to, you know, share some more time with.
2: Right. And that that all goes back to building that trust factor and that confidence in you that you're actually going to be listening to whoever you're talking to and, and working on their needs rather than just trying to sell them something. Right?
3: Definitely. definitely. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think, it, 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 it. you know, another thing that I was going to go over real quick, too, is research who's going to be attending. A lot of these places, you can right. talk to the facilitator and just say, hey, what kind of people do you get? How many people do you get? What type of people do you get? You know, it's a good way to research yourself. A, it's for you to know how many stack of cards you're bringing. So, like, if you're going to go to an event where well, there's going to be 50 people, you definitely need to bring a good amount of cards. But if you're going to an event, there's only going to be 10 people there don't bring a stack of cards of like a hundred cards because then they're just going to be like, what's this guy doing? And then, you know, and then if you research the type of people you're trying to meet, then you know what subjects you could talk about. So like all the you're going to them with some realtors, you can definitely walk in there and be like, Hey, you know, uh, what kind of houses do you sell? Are you particularly in any type of industry of the housing market? Do you like, you know, high level houses? Do you like apartments? Kind of different ways. So at least you know some topics to talk about.
2: Right, and, and in particular, a lot of these networking groups you get a commercial, like a 30-second commercial that you can give. So if you know a little bit more about your audience, you can gear that commercial towards that audience, rather than talking about something that they wouldn't necessarily be interested in. Definitely so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and and then the uh, you also need to get involved, and you and I know that more more than anybody, I think. <laughs>
3: Definitely. And and, and getting involved is good, too, is because, A, not only does it show that you're committed to the group and stuff like that, but, B, your name's getting out there a bunch of times. Right. And, you know, I used to always laugh. I go, why does this realtor always give me the magnet for my refrigerator with the calendar on it? You know, and I always laughed at myself going, this guy's wasting his money every time I get a magnet. But who would have known that every single time I put my kid's you know, drawings or the other, it's being put up by that calendar magnet. And I'm seeing that person's face every time. And it was hilarious because one time back in the day when my mom wanted to get a new house and stuff like that, she called the realtor that was on that magnet. And I was like, wow, that's subliminal advertising. Great job.
2: Yeah, exactly. Well, and you know that I always say that it takes at least eight to 16 times before somebody actually hears your message. So the more you get Mm -hmm. involved, the more that you're able to talk, um, the more they'll remember who you are. Right.
3: Definitely. Definitely. Uh, and, and being a little crazy, I don't know if you remember this or not, Janet, but at my house, I do have still have your magnet. That's the round to it. The round and to it. it? A great yeah. magnet. <laughs> it's on my refrigerator outside. And people ask me all the time. They're like, why does that
2: oh, say oh to it? Gosh. I'm like,
3: read what it says. So it was once again, great memorable marketing piece. by the phenomenal Janet. <laughs> that's, that's the stuff that you give out the little tidbits like that. So uh, I love that it's a talking piece at my house.
2: Exactly. Okay, let's move on to some of the don'ts.
3: What's All your right. top don't? Um, top don't. So first one, don't spend more than five to seven minutes with a person. On it. People always like to spend time with somebody, ramble on or whatever. Don't do that. You're there to meet as many people as you can. Stick it to five to seven minutes and then move on. You're going to have to do a transitional statement at some point. You're going to look at them and be like, Hey, John it has been great meeting you or whatever. I know you got some people to meet. I got some people to be with me. Let's do that one-to-one later on. and I'll talk to you later. Boom, move on to the next. You got to do that. Uh, one thing you definitely don't want to do is follow the person around. I've had that happen to me several times. Oh
2: my gosh. We've had some somebody. nightmares about that.
3: Oh yeah. It's <laughs> like a trailer on the back of you. It's like every time I keep <laughs> meeting somebody, then they introduce themselves right in the middle of my meeting. They're like, hi, I'm Charlie. I'm Oh, Hey, I'm John. It's like, well, excuse me. Um, I already talked to you, John. I don't need you here anymore. So there's definitely that one. People love to follow you around. Um, One of the things that we say do not, I actually say a lot about don't speak about your business first. A lot of times people do that. I know they go right into the sales pitch on there and sometimes you got to look at that and say, you can't do that. Um, Don't overdress. That's another key one. I know I went to an event one time wearing a nice suit and tie and I showed up and everybody was pretty much like in casual clothes. So I look like the biggest salesman in a thumb store right there. You know, somebody looked around and goes, well, that guy's clearly selling something today because he's, you know, wearing a nice suit and tie. Kind of funny enough, I see that around my office all the time. I laugh at my office manager about that. <laughs> I'll see like two, gu- two guys walking around with a clipboard and, you know, nice suit and tie. And I look at my office manager and go, well, somebody's selling something today. You know, and you don't want to be pegged on that because if you get pegged on that. Right. Then, Once again, it maybe kind of looks up. So definitely no, don't overdress. I always say you want to dress one level above the clientele you're looking for so you don't look like you're being very over-pushy on there and some of that. I used to do a lot of work with contractors. You showed up in a suit and tie to a contractor. You you just were basically asking for the guy to tell you to leave.
2: Well, and that's very true because I'm from New Jersey, and in New Jersey, when you're in business, you dress up. You wear a suit. You wear a tie. And when I came out here to California, it was a little more casual. So, it took a while to get used to that. And that all goes back to what we had talked about earlier where you need to research who's going to be attending and do a little research about the networking group so that you can fit into that group, right?
3: Definitely. And I know the thing that we also talked about too with the overdressing. You bring up this point a lot of places. You don't know who somebody knows. And a lot of right. times when I've had it before where people walk up to me if I'm wearing a more casual item they walk to me like, oh, that guy's wearing a polo shirt and jeans. He probably doesn't know any, you know, big business owners. And they walk off, and I'm just sitting there kind of going, well, actually, I insure a lot of great business owners on there that are very wealthy. But you would have never known if you didn't ask me. I was at a, at a networking group one time, and I asked for an introduction to a very high-level shirt manufacturing company that's local here in Orange County. Who would have known that the florist actually introduced me to that person?
2: Exactly. So i kind of so
3: shocking. I would have never thought that the florist would have known the person, but shocking enough there it was and that probably right. is. the other the other do not that, uh, that we want to probably mention as well don't be afraid to ask for something or don't be afraid to mention something you're looking for because exactly. one, you never know somebody knows mm-hmm.
2: exactly and that takes us to our next break and after we come back we're going to talk about now that we know the do's and don'ts we're going to talk about some of the questions to ask while you're networking we'll see you then
1: Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Like what you are hearing on marketing that won't break the bank? Join our mailing list to receive show updates, exclusive bonus materials, and more information on marketing for small businesses. To sign up, visit 411marketingsolutions.com forward slash radio. If you are a small business owner or a creative freelancer in pretty much any field, you can't miss Let's Get Radical. Your hosts, Jody Pedar and Liz Gold, will help you redevelop your plans, policies, and practices to take a radical turn in order to achieve new success. They spotlight the latest in technology, attitudes, what others are doing, and what can help you. Tune in every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. And let's get radical. And Dr. Kim Turnage. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. To reach Janet Kunst or her guest today, please call into the program at 1 866 472 5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Janet at 411MarketingSolutions.com. Now, back to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank.
2: Welcome back. And Charlie Woodward from Good Circle Insurance and I have been having a great conversation about how to perfect your uh, in-person networking And we just finished talking about the do's and don'ts of networking. And now we're going to start talking about some of the questions to ask uh, when you're networking uh, to the people that you're meeting. But also, if you are listening and you have a question about networking or you have a good story about networking, please feel free to call in. Um, So, Charlie, what are some of the questions that we should be asking while we're networking? So a lot of the ones I
3: like to you know, when you start off at the beginning, it's always make sure when you're asking questions, it's not always not about you, it's about them. So I always start off with a good part of like going, hey, it's great to meet you. Who are good referral partners for you? It's a great question to ask a, a person, a potential networker that you're meeting with, because then you can kind of go over something to be, well, who's a good referral partner for you? If somebody were to me, say, hey, you know what? A great marketing person would be well for me. It'd be like I can respond with great People love connectors. Connectors are a great thing for a lot of networking on there. That's what you'd love to have. Maybe the person you're talking to is not going to be the great person for your sales, but they may know somebody that you can work phenomenally with that could be a good referral partner, and that's where you want to. When you hear, when you're asking that question like, oh, I'm looking for people, like on your last show that you said on there, are you looking for people with skin? It's like you kind of want to look at that person and be like, you know what? This sounds very cheesy. I don't want to talk to this guy anymore. But if somebody right. were to ask me, like, hey, who's a good referral partner for you? And I and said, you know, I would really love to meet some financial advisors, you know, a business owner of a restaurant, you know, where I'm being a little more precise to them. They may turn around and go, yeah, you know, I actually, uh, my financial advisor is John, and he's actually here tonight. He's right over there. So then that can give me a little bit more softer of an introduction. So I definitely always start up with a good referral partners If you're looking to meet, I think that would be a great one to start off with.
2: Right, and it's important because you also want to make it about them. And once they've given all of their information and they feel like, "Hey, this guy is listening or this person's listening to me and, and really asking me some good questions," then they're going to ask you about what you do and who would be a good mm-hmm. referral partner for you. So it's not all about you data dumping as I said before onto that person and then moving on to the, your your next uh, victim. It's it's really about getting to know that person and how you can help them so that you can build again build that no like and trust factor, right?
3: Definitely, yeah. You definitely want to keep them down to like a little bit of minimum of questions too. I know a lot of people like right. you don't want to go into like the uh, you know the interrogation stage where you just feel like you're just looking at somebody and being like, well, where were you exactly. doing the last you know Sunday? That you know just get some quick questions and move on. Like we already said in our don'ts, you don't want to go you know, anything more than five minutes. So you should only need a couple questions to get your five-minute spiel down and then kind of move on. And also right. to kind of come up, like like we said before, be a little more prepared, know your questions, recycle questions over, but don't just spell out the same one. So you don't go to a networking group where there's like 15, 20 people in a room and all you're doing is going around to every person going, who's a great referral partner for you? Who's a great referral? If you're doing right. that, then eventually you're known as the guy asking the same question. And then, once again, nobody's going to want to trust the guy that's doing that
2: right and you also you also want to make sure that you they feel like you're not using them some of the other questions that get asked are oh so do you know so and so at this company and you're kind of like no i didn't work in that division and then they move on and you're like oh they're just mm-hmm. trying to get information out of me but it's also really important to make sure that you don't just talk about business get to know that other person so so ask them questions about their family or what their hobbies are and all that sort of stuff because that also gives you indications of um who who they are and how you can work with them and how you can get to know them a little bit better too yeah i actually have a pretty good success story on
3: something like that too i was meeting with a gentleman that was in the network group that you and i go to janet and when i was talking to him one time he actually told me that he was a referee for avp volleyball well, I'm a big volleyball mm-hmm. nut and I love volleyball and I've been trying to get my daughter involved. And then in the end, he was like, well, hey, I refereed the AVP. I can get you some tickets to help your daughter get in and get some more introduction. And right there, even though we're not going to do any business together on stuff the, right then, he, he extended a very nice gesture to me and that automatically put his name in front of mine to him. He's a mortgage guy. So now right. I'm thinking, man, how can I help this guy out? Because he really took the time to help me out. So. Once again, it's somebody going above and beyond, and that all sparked by a question where it's just more of like, well, what do you like to do? And that's when he's like, hey, I'm a volleyball referee for AVP tour. And I was like, wow, th- this is great. So there's a great right. thing to find out.
2: And, and and that's a really good point, Charlie, that um, when you get to know people on that level, you want to help their business grow. So you're always looking for a way to refer them rather than if it's just somebody that you casually meet and they tell you who who your referral will be, a good referral would be, and you're like, okay, yeah, I put it down on their card, um, but I don't see them very often, so they're out of sight, out of mind type thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, and then uh, another question I was going to bring up that we should ask, too, is, you know, how do you hear about this group? There are some people that will respond like, oh, I, you know, I went on Google, and I searched this, or I went to Meetup, and I found this. Once again, I can give you a little more tidbits for a way to expand your networking market too as well. When somebody tells you a great way of how they found the group, maybe they can right. utilize that as well, going like, oh, I didn't even do I, that. I found out about this group by hearing it from, you know, from you know Bob in the corner over there. Well, you know, Bob in the corner may be a great network and he may go to many events. I mean, being a former president of the Chamber of Commerce on there, I, I try to encourage people to go to chambers as much as possible. And I always right. give them like a guest pass if they ever want to go. But, you know, I've been in a lot of, ton of, ton of networking events. So when somebody asks me, you know, like, who are you looking for? What are you trying to do? I want to help them get networked out of place. I'm like, hey, have you tried going to these type of network or this type? And, and then right. when they ask, like, no, I have not, you can help direct them in the right direction. Be like, hey, have you gone to this website? this has a list of all of them. Or here's a spot you can go to find the closest one. So great, great, great more tips to help those people that are maybe brand new into networking.
2: Exactly. Well, and, and also the from a communication standpoint, because you know that always comes back back to me that way, the how did you hear about this group uh, also tells how good the group's marketing is. Because if Definitely, they found it on yeah. the website or meetup or something like that, that means that your marketing is working. Um, and no, that's no, I think, really important. I,
3: I, I, I think the group that we're in, Jen, a lot of times we always ask them, how did you, it's one of the questions they ask when they go around, how did you hear about the group? And when they say like, oh, I found you online, then it's like, yeah, you definitely want to give the props to the marketing chair or communications chair who's doing their job right. right. And really, it's helping the group grow.
2: Right. It, 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 and it's just – it actually feels good that they're actually being able to find you online. You know, we talked about earlier that um, it's important to be online and be found, um, and this is one of the ways that you can be found online. Okay, so mm-hmm. – um. Let's let's talk about those stereotypes because you and I have been around the networking circuit quite a bit, and we have a we've seen a lot of the good, the bad, and the ugly as far as networking goes. Right?
3: <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah, that's that that that's been. I mean, it, it, I think you and I could probably write a book on all the ones we've seen. We can come up with a great little story or something, like or or oh. maybe I should send it to SNL for an SNL skit because there's definitely some. Some stereotypes and some some you know when we give you the phrases or the words of what these people are you're gonna go oh yeah I've seen somebody like that before
2: <laughs> exactly exactly so so why don't you brought up the first one that's on our list why don't you talk about that one
3: yeah yeah so the first one <laughs> this has happened to me probably I'm gonna guarantee you whenever I go to a new networking spot this has happened at least every time I go and I, I get the the dragon dumper and what the dragon dumper is, is the person that starts talking to you, but then they want to get out of the conversation. But how they're going to do is they're going to dump you onto somebody else. So the scenario works right. where you're talking to somebody, you're getting the great information. Next thing you know, they kind of put their hand up. They're like, hey, you know, Joe, have you met Charlie? Hey, Joe, come over here. And then Joe walks over. This is Charlie. He's an insurance agent. And here's Joe. Joe actually works, you know, Uh, doing, you know, IT services, you guys would be a great, great conversation, and then that person just suddenly walks away, so it's like he just dumped me onto that other person over there, because he wanted to get out of the conversation, so I I always call him the dragon dumper, and this is going back to the guy who's spending more than five minutes, if you're spending something more than five minutes, maybe he's looking to dragon dump you, but if if these people know to stick within those five to seven minutes, that's not going to be happening because then you know this is why maybe speed networking's been so popular now is because it's like look right. guys, he's got a minute, get it done, move on, you know.
2: So. Right, right. And then the next stereotype that we see is the connector, which is what you were talking about, which is the person that's really good at saying, "Oh, this is your business. I have somebody who can help you out. Let me let me connect you. You you guys could be a great power partners or something like that." Um, and those are great people to, to be around.
3: Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. These stereotypes that we're going to go over here, they're, they're not all bad. <laughs> we do have some
2: no, bad. no, no, definitely not. Yeah.
3: yeah. Um, the I, next, the, the next one I think uh, on our list, definitely, I would love for you to go over, Jenny, because you love this person so much.
2: <laughs> okay. The, the, we, we've called this person the scanner. They come up to you, they shake your hand, and they start talking to you, but they don't make eye contact. They're looking for their next vic- victim. And as soon as they see somebody that they want to talk to, or as soon as they have a break in the conversation, they're just off. They don't even stop and say, nice to meet you, thank you very much. They just move on.
0: Yep.
2: And, and it's, it's just so funny because they're the ones that you want to avoid at all costs because they're only there for themselves. They're not there to build their network.
3: Definitely. Okay, uh,
2: so, so let's go over go one and then we'll save the rest of them for after the break.
3: All right, so I guess we'll do the last one, which is the overachiever. That's the funny one, okay. the one that I like to blob on. So uh, the overachiever is the one that basically tells you that they've done everything. Uh, SNL has a funny skit with us with Kristen Wiig, where the person always likes to upstage you more. So it's like, hey, you know I, I I've been to Disneyland, you know, last week. Oh, Disneyland, I've been there actually seven times. In fact, I've been there when Disneyland opened. You know, so you start going like, wow, this is way too much. And when they start agreeing with everything you're doing, they're way overachieving on there. Or they're also doing the part where they've done it already or their type of business has done this or, you know, oh, they always end with, I've helped those sort of people out all the time. That is a constant red flag where that person's just trying to make the sale to you, where they're constantly saying, like, oh, I work with business owners. Oh, yeah, I've worked with business owners before, too. I, I've helped many business owners. You know, So you definitely right. want to stay away from that stereotype because they're really going to get on your nerves.
2: Well, and they're also the ones that will uh, try to top you in your personal life as well. Oh, yeah, you broke your arm? Well, I broke my... Body or whatever, and and try to get get you to feel sympathy for them as well. um And so they're the person ones that's you know exactly, exactly. And we've seen a lot of those, haven't we, Charlie?
3: <laughs> yeah. The, the funny part is when you see them the second time, you you know the person to avoid. You're like, oh, there they are. Let me really kind of avoid that
2: yeah so, so uh, my, my favorite story is I've seen that happen and that uh, the person that they started talking to their husband actually uh, picked up their cell phone and called them to get them out of the conversation so um, <laughs> there are a lot of things that can go go wrong with the overachiever but it's time for our next I- break So um, mm-hmm. so hold on to that thought and we'll be back after the break and we have just a couple more stereotypes to go through Um, So, please, please join us.
1: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Let's face it. Marketing your business is a lot more complicated than it used to be. If you are like many small business owners, you don't have the time to learn how to effectively market your business. At 411 Marketing Solutions, we recognize that when it comes to marketing, one size does not fit all. We take the time to understand your business goals and objectives, then help you put an action plan in place to engage them. 411 Marketing Solutions will help you develop a cost-effective plan that helps you build relationships with customers, where, when, and how they want to communicate. Please visit us online at 411MarketingSolutions.com. To find out how we can help you achieve success in your marketing efforts, that's 411MarketingSolutions.com.
2: Get a unique and playful insider's take on the biggest stories in tech, media, and entertainment. Join H. Schwartz, well-known technology catalyst, comedian, and geek girl, as she and leading experts in the media and content business dive into the biggest stories in technology trends, consumer behaviors, and its impact on Hollywood. If you're looking to respond to the tech-fueled changes in the marketplace, then tune in to The Tech Cat Show, Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Business and syndicated to Voice America Women's Channel.
1: The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. To reach Janet Kunst or her guest today, please call into the program at 1 866 472 5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Janet at 411marketingsolutions.com. Now, back to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank.
2: Welcome back to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. Uh, right before the commercial break, Charlie and I were uh, talking about some of the stereotypes of networkers that we've seen in the past. And we went over quite a few of them, but we have a couple left. So, Charlie, why don't you talk about the wallflower complainer?
3: Yeah, so the wallflower complainer is the person that kind of sits around and always says, this networking ever works to me. You know, when they're at an event and they're sitting there and they're constantly telling people – that, um, you know, like everything doesn't work out for them. They kind of go, Oh, you know, I've been to four networking events. And this is not really what I'm looking for. Nobody wants to network with that person. So they kind of just stay in the back. You know, we kind of joke where they feel like they sit in the corner a lot of times, just waiting for people to talk to them. I know networking is a very hard thing to do and you got to get up and be a little more eager and, you know, get in front of people. And I know there's a shyness in people, but you know, if it's uncomfortable, it's right. You got to do it. You got to be out there. I mean, Shocking enough, a lot of people have always, you know, know this about me. When I was a younger kid, I was the shyest kid in class. Nobody would know that now because here I am, blabbing myself out. But it, 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 you, you break that mold and you get out of it. And when I first felt that breakness, where was like, wow, these people actually listen to me. I'm, I'm, this is great. The mold kind of breaks off. So don't be right. that complainer back in the corner. Nobody wants to hear the woe is me type person. They want the positive side. I mean, I, I remember a good phrase. Somebody used to always tell me, it's like. Why is our world full of negatives? You know they always say keep off the grass, why don't they just stay, stay on the sidewalk? Sounds more positive, so it was a great right. little phrase where all times was like, yeah, don't say that, and that, that is wrong so
2: well, well, but it also goes back to what we were talking about earlier about getting involved if you are that wallflower and and you know that I am to a certain extent, um, so what I do is I sit at the um sign in table so that I get to meet everybody and talk to everybody and they don't have to worry about that interaction most of the time. And people know me and all that sort of stuff. So um, don't be the complainer. Be be part of the solution if you're having having trouble, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're giving that great response where it's telling somebody it's just like, well, find where your your niche is. What do you do well? You know, and you're right. a great helper when people when people need something done. Because that's a job that a lot of people may not want to do. What you're doing is you're doing the job, but then you're taking advantage of what the job gives. You know, a lot of these networking groups offer like a visitor host or something like that. I always say, man, take the visitor host one. Because when you meet some of these groups where you see the same people every week, you can get one-to-ones with those people. I want to meet the new people coming in the door. That's the people you want to get. So, you know, take those jobs that are available for you. They're great advantages.
2: Right. And then the next stereotype, and I'm sure everybody knows somebody like this, is the super salesman where all they want to do is sell you whatever their product or service is, and you can't even get a word in edgewise, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, that's the old phrase where somebody says, always be closing. That's the person where he always ends up with, well, that's great. Can I get you something? You know, we see this a lot with a lot of what well, And you see it more often when people have the actual product sales. I mean, compared to more of like, right. you know, mine, mine's not a physical product, but if I kept always ending with at the end of my conversation, which is like, so great, so can I do your health insurance policy? It's just like, eventually, this people are going to look at me and be like, wow, no, you, you, you're just definitely not like my type of person or whatever. So, yeah, those product sales people, they always like, well, hey, I got one right now. It's $5. You want to buy it? And it's like, you know what? At a networking event, don't sell anybody anything. You know, you right. can maybe pass out samples if you want. The samples are kind of okay. But once again, the samples is kind of an over thing now. You're, it's like you're implying sales and all like that. Do that at the one-to-one. That's what those are about. Your one-to-one should be around, around 30 to 45 minutes. And you always make sure you break it to where both people have an equal amount of time to talk about their businesses and their conversations. You never right. want to be, you know, overshadowing it.
2: Right. And there's another um, thing that these super salesmen do. They go into these networking events, collect everybody's business cards and then send email emails to everybody, even if they hadn't met them and talking about yep. them as if they had met them and that they had agreed to buy their product or service or whatever. And that really turns a lot of people off and it actually hurts the networking group at that point.
3: Yeah, I, I think I've, I've had that happen a lot of times and I, you know, I've done it before where I've called the person out, which was hilarious one time. Like, I got an email one time where it's like, it was great meeting you at the event. And I reply back, I'm like, I never met you.
2: Yes, exactly. So, you know,
3: you know. Now, how is that person going to feel on the other end? I know it's kind of a rude comment to do, but it's getting them done. said like, don't falsify yourself. People don't like the fakes. You know, it's like they, they want to be true and dear. Like, like I said, if you're writing those notes down about me or something like that, then you could be that person that replied back and says, hey, it was great meeting you last night. I know you're really passionate about health insurance and helping people, blah, blah, blah. It was great knowing you know more about your family or whatever. That's the information, because then when I get that email, I'm going to turn around and go, that's the guy I want to work with.
2: Right, exactly, exactly. And then there's one last one that we had come up with. Why don't you go over that one, Charlie?
3: Well, the last one is the question-not-answer person. And Jan and I have seen this one probably 100 different times, too, where the person likes to ask you questions but never allows you really to give much of an answer, so a lot of times they'll be like for example on in my industry it's like oh does your health insurance plan have deductibles oh of, of course it does it has deductibles i know you hate paying those right and it's and i'm just going into my spiel and i'm not even giving you a chance to really give your your side of what you're trying to say so a lot of times people that do the question and answer person you got to you got to make sure you're getting your answers don't be the question not answer person where it's like you give your question and you don't really care what the response is because you're just going to go into your well, then you're going to turn to the super salesman and try to go right into your sales pitch on there. So make sure right. you're asking questions that they're legitimate questions, A, and they're actually passionate enough to where you're trying to get the answer out of it. You want to hear that stuff. You want to know what's going on, ask the question and be, be open to the response. So it's so only make, make right. you a better
2: networker. Well, and, and, yeah, you also have to remember that in some of these cases, if you do that too many times, you're – your effectiveness at that networking event is going to go away and people are not going to be talking to you and you're going to be wondering what happened. And part of it mm-hmm. is because you didn't go, you didn't play by the rules of the game. And, and yeah. that's really important here. So Charlie, what, yeah. what's your final comment on networking and, and how important it is for uh, small businesses? So
3: my final comment would be more of a part of, like, go to at least one to two networking groups a week. If you are part of one, then obviously that may be an automatic for you. And if that's the case, you should go to a second one. Getting your face out is going to be one of the best ways to grow your business and your online marketing business as well. Because when you want to grow your online marketing business, there's going to be things like Facebook and other stuff like that, and they become your audience, and they'll be able to help you out. And like Janet always says about the trust you everything like that, I've built a network of over 350 people that I trust and I know, and I'm able to send them my information and literally ask them for their opinion. And I know I'm going to get a great opinion report back. So it's like, if I need to get a likes good post out or if I put my face up and say, Hey guys, I'm, I'm doing a Facebook post next week. Can everybody share it or whatever? If you have the like trust and everything face to face, that's going to be an easy thing. So that's where those two kind of connect the most. So get out there, see some people, Take a lot of our do's and don't things on there into heart to get you out there in front of the door and get to face to face with somebody. Because once again, your your great networking referral partner or best you know dream referral could be sitting out there at the next networking event you go to, but you're never going to meet them if you don't go. That.
2: Exactly. And, and there's nothing like meeting people in person rather than just online. You get to really build that mm-hmm. know, like, and trust factor with them. So I want to thank you, Charlie. Again, my guest today was Charlie Woodward with Good Circle Insurance. He is one of the master networkers that I know of. So I'm glad that he took the time to um speak with us today and give us some uh, great tips for networking and building your business through uh, networking in person. So we're going to have a great conversation next week because uh, our title is Starting the Conversation, Becoming the person your potential clients know, like, and trust. And um, it's about becoming that go-to person that everybody um, wants to ask about information. So it's not always about you. That's one of the things that we've talked about today. It's how you develop that rapport with people so that they see you as an expert. And a lot of times what I get back is... uh, my clients say, well, I don't have anything to say. So next week, we are going to talk about how to, pro- how to balance between providing information and not expecting anything in return and how to start that conversation about selling your products and services so that it doesn't sound like a um, sales pitch. And it's more of that conversation that you're having with that person so that they um, come to the conclusion that they actually want to buy your products and services and it's not really a hard sell for them. So I am looking forward to uh, that conversation next week. And again, thank you so much, Charlie. I really appreciate you you. being here. And uh, we will see you on the flip side.
1: Thank you for tuning in this week to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. Be sure to join Janet Kunst for another edition of the program next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now you can use what you've learned in today's show and step up your marketing efforts.